0: As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no man can work. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and he washed and came back able to see the neighbor's. And those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him where is he? He said I don't know. (laughs) They, They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been Brian. Now It was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes. Then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees says, this man is not from God for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others says, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they they said again to the blind man, "What what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son? who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said, said this because they were afraid of the Jews for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue therefore his parents said he is of age as him so for the second time they called the man who had been blind and they said to him give glory to God we know that this man is a sinner he answered I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become a disciple? (laughs) Then they reviled him, saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that, that God has spoken to Moses, but for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, he is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he come from. And yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sin and are not try- And are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I might believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have seen him and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do not see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sinned. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains.
1: This is the word of God for the people of God. Just take a moment and notice what stood out for you. So much here, God. But let us hear the words that you're speaking to each of us individually. can be seated. Wow. Can we just all say wow together? (laughs) That is a seriously packed set of words. And um, I think that the Gospel of John gives us a way to see ourselves in a moment of crisis. I think the Gospel of John gives us a way to see where we are blind. And friends, if you, you know, if you're familiar with the story of Jesus healing people. There are so many times he heals blind people because blindness really is a metaphor for the, for the you know, spiritual life. We all have been blind and then see. We all have blind spots. And then if we are wise, we actually can learn and grow and do what God's desire is in our lives when we open up our eyes. And I think about, you know, this, this passage, and I want to say, um, right now, I know where I find myself in the story. I'm not going to tell you who I am, but there are several people in this story today. And the scripture is here to read us, remember. It's here to read us. We're not just reading a bedtime story. We're reading something and saying, God, read me. Read where I am right now so that I can know truth and that truth can make me free. And so I wonder who you're like in this story. You know, there are, there's the blind man, there's the disciples, there's the neighbors, there's the Pharisees, there's, there's the community, there's the, um, this engagement with parents that can't even celebrate their son's healing because they're afraid. And I just wonder where we are right now in Gos- the Gospel of John chapter 9. Am I like the disciples asking faulty questions, blaming, shaming, and bad theology? Like, who sinned? Who sinned? Can, can we just say that's the worst question ever? That, that is just the worst question ever. I mean, this kid was born blind, and they're saying, who sinned? And as if it's not bad enough that the kid now might be thinking, oh, maybe I sinned, the parents are now blaming themselves and saying, look what crappy parents we are. Our child was born blind. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you where you felt responsible for something that your kids did, that you actually think that it's your fault right? Or that you have blamed someone else and said, aren't they, aren't they the people of God? Should their child have ever said, done, or whatever, right? And, and I see the disciples blaming, shaming, and they've got bad theology. Um, my friend, uh, you can look her up on Facebook, the Reverend Dr. Phaedra Blocker. She had up a thing this week. Please don't say to anybody that God is doing this, Please don't say to anybody that God needs another angel in heaven and that's why your family member died of COVID. That's bad theology, my friends. And so, and, and, and please, let's not say everything happens for a reason either. I mean, God will always bring meaning into a moment, but don't say, what is the meaning of this? Say, what is the meaning in this? What is God's action within me? So blaming, shaming, bad theology. And these are the guys that hang out with Jesus all the time, right? So guess what? We've probably done it too. I don't know. Could be you today. Or am I like the neighbors? Like, I don't know. Is he? Is he the neighbor? I don't know. Oh, come on. You know. You saw him every day sitting there begging. You had to pretend you didn't see him because you didn't want to give again today. When someone is a regular beggar in a city, we all know who that person is. And the reality is is that these neighbors right now, they're like who's my neighbor? And during a crisis, my friends, we're all each other's neighbors. And and God doesn't want us to avert our eyes even though we have to have this kind of physical distancing. Don't avert our eyes. You know, I watched the Binkleys give out food on uh, this week, and they packaged up the food. You know, our our almost eighty and over eighty friends packaging up food, taking it to the end of the driveway, and then as people would pull up, they'd be like, "God bless you and keep you." Psalm ninety one, may you rest under the shadow of the Almighty, and may God give you health. Right? They didn't avert their eyes. They, we can still connect with one another, even while we take care of one another. It's beautiful. So everybody's really our neighbor. We, gotta av- we don't avoid realities, and we don't disengage from the present moment. Everybody, God comes disguised as your life. And right now, in this moment, God is here in the middle of COVID, not causing it, but saying, I have action. So don't avoid this moment where you know who needs help, Right? We are one another's neighbors. Or we like the religious leaders. They've got this religious rhetoric. This is God's judgment, old ways. You know, I've noticed um, that the shelves are still empty, which means we're hoarding. Americans don't know how to share. Americans, Scott was in the store just picking up a couple of things because we've been trying to do a little bit, you know, as we need it. And there was a guy there that said, you know, before they put the limit on toilet paper at Sam's Club, he saw a person with a whole flatbed of toilet paper and then a, 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 an elderly lady in a motorized vehicle who needed toilet paper and asked the person with the flatbed cart, and the person said, heck no, and kept going, but didn't say heck anyway. I mean, we, Americans have a hard time changing Because we're not used to buying our stuff every day at market. We're not used to. We're not used to um, not having our cupboards full. And friends, we might be like the religious leaders saying, Look, this is the way we've always done it. That's what they were saying. This is the way we've always done it. You don't wash your hands on this day. There's no way he could be. They were stuck. They were unaware of God's action and invitation for them to be a part of the miracle. Can you imagine if all those Pharisees, those religious leaders were like, oh my gosh, welcome Jesus. Come on, we've been waiting. Instead of just getting into hair-splitting theological conversations, they actually could have participated in a miracle. And that will happen for us, friends, if we'll let go of our old ways and just buy one thing at a time. Like, what are you out of? Go get that. Right? And don't wait till they stock up again so you can go get all that. Right? And if you have a bunch, go share it with your neighbors. Go. If you're the person with the flat butt of toilet paper, go deliver toilet paper in the neighborhood or bring it to a food pantry and let people share. We don't want to be stuck in our old ways. In this story, I ask myself, am I like the parents? Am I afraid to speak? Am I afraid to speak? Think about this right now. Are you afraid to speak? Are you afraid to have conversations about what's, what you're hoping for, what's ailing you? Are you able to get on a, converse, a, a telephone call with somebody and say, I'm afraid right now. Can you help me? Can you talk me off the ledge? Right? These, the, these parents here said they were afraid, and so what did they do? They denied God's action in their midst. They knew their son was blind. They didn't need to say, ask him, he's of age. They should have been saying, what can take away my hallelujah? Right? I mean, they should have been partying down, their son could see. And I want to say, friends, if we can name our fear, it doesn't have power over us, and we'll be able to hallelujah it. But you won't, you've not, I'm telling you, you got to say your fear so that you can get your hallelujah on. And find friends that can hear that and celebrate with you. Amen. I wonder if you're like the blind man. Am I like the blind man here? I want to see. He just says it. I want to see. Do you know we're all blind right now, everybody? Do you know we're all blind right now? Every one of us. We don't know how this is going to end. We don't know when this is going to end. We don't know what the results of finances are going to be or anything like that? Friends, we don't know. And Richard Rohr says there are only two major paths by which the human soul comes to God, the path of great love and the path of great suffering. And we could actually have our eyes opened if we would practice saying, God, I I want to see. God, I'm blind. God, I don't know. God, I'm not sure. But what I am sure of is that Great is your faithfulness. What I am sure is that neither height nor depth nor principalities nor nor things present nor things to come can separate me from the love of God. What am I sure of? I'm absolutely sure that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hold firm. You know, when, when we want to ask better questions in a crisis, ask who is your physician? That's a good question right now. Not only should you have Jesus as the great physician, but who, who, who are you getting your medical advice from? The conflicting words on Facebook, or are you seeking out good science and good words from God? A better question in the crisis is, who are you walking with on the way? Walk with good people. I mean, this guy, Jesus spits on the mud, puts it on his eyes, then tells him to go and wash. So he's got to go blind. He's got to go blind. Like Jesus could have healed him right at that moment, but no, he wants him walking blind and getting to the pool. And, and who was with him? Did anybody go with him or was he? Who went with him? I want to say I'm, I'm listening to people who can walk with me while I'm blind, friends. Because honestly, I don't want people taking me somewhere else. I want to walk with people who are walking me to the pool of Siloam that are actually sent to be with me to wash... Away the mud and come to life. A better question in the crisis is, what am I immersing myself in? Is it actually the pool that will refresh you? Are you washing your hands? That's just a side note. Am I washed in God's words? Am I reading the words of Scripture so they can read me, not so I can make a point and say, oh, this must be the fifth plague in the book of Revelation? I mean, friends, don't let friends read Scripture alone. We want the Spirit of God on the inside of us that is actually moving us with washing water. Read scripture, speak God's words. A better question in a crisis is Am I talking to and listening to God in prayer? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus says, Heal my eyes. That was such a simple prayer. What do you want me to do for you? Heal my eyes. What spiritual disciplines will help you right now listen to God? I got to tell you, I think God comes disguised as our life. And I think the reason that we're, we're in these situations is many of us have not ever practiced solitude or silence or listening. We need to be in our cave. And you know the only problem is, I bet many of us don't have a timer that tells us to shut off our phone. Because we need to shut off The phone, too, to be listening. The best practices and questions in a crisis are Am I willing to walk blind? Are you willing to walk blind and trust that you're on your way where God is sending you? Are you willing to walk blind? Friends, I don't know about you, but I think this has been um, something that reminds me that the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are with divine power to demolish strongholds, like fear taking place in people's minds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that comes through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, whether it's the New York Times or the Atlantic Monthly. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We gotta be taking thoughts captive and let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Ephesians tells us, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and put on the whole armor of God, that he may be able to, you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Don't doubt for a minute that evil is not trying to encroach its way and bring fear and bring division. And yet, greater is he that is in us, friends. See, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And pray. We're going to skip all the way down to 18, but I'm going to trust you read Ephesians, all of Ephesians This week and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. See, we're being admonished. Come on up, friends. We're being admonished to walk by faith and not by sight. Right now, friends, we all have mud in our eyes. Right now, we all need spiritual sight. All the way. Am I am I am I preaching all right here? Is this the truth? Because, friends, we might not know the end of COVID-19, but guess what? You haven't, you haven't known the end of anything good that's ever happened in your life. You haven't known. You, like, you were walking there to Siloam, but you didn't know. You didn't know exactly how all that was going to happen. How long was it going to take me to get there, right? We've been training for this, everybody. Walking by faith and not by sight. COVID-19 is not a brand new deal in that way. It's just so in our face right now, and all of us together have to practice walking by faith and not by sight. And together, we got to walk each other to the pool of Siloam, even if you have physical distancing. (laughs) We're walking with each other, friends. We can be intentional about being with one another. We're actually going to take this scripture all throughout the week, and Scott and I are going to do some reflective passages. We're going to do some Lexio Divina with it, which means reading the scripture slowly and reflectively, so that we can let the scripture read us. We can find out, where am I in the story right now? Am I the, you know, am I willing to say that I'm blind? Am, am I willing to say I'm afraid, like the parents, so that they could actually rejoice in the healing, too? Where are you in this passage? So, I don't know, Matt and Sylvia, and Ron, and Scott, and Bonnie, and Edgar, all of our friends. I have to tell you, I walked around here during worship practice this morning, and I was praying over all of you. Like, your faces just kept coming to my mind, where you sit, because some of you, you know, Mickey, you sit right there, you know? And, and I, as I was walking all around the room, I just, your faces were coming. And I just began to say, Oh God, let us rest under the shadow of the Almighty. Oh God, let no evil thing come near the homes of our people. Oh God, you are our protector. You are our defender. Oh God, would you bless the vulnerable and the immune-compromised Lord, in your mercy, you hear our prayers. Lord, will you he- you take care of our health care workers? Lord, in your mercy, you hear our prayers. For the custodians and the cleaners, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For those that are feeling isolated right now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For those who are sick, we pray your healing balm come to them even now, that the healing touch of Jesus would come to them now. Lord, in your mercy, you hear our prayers. For those who are anxious or worried, oh God, Speak peace, calm their storm. Lord, in your mercy. For those children whom school keeps fed and safe, Lord, in your mercy, you hear our prayers. For those who have little access to health care, Lord, in your mercy, you hear our prayers. And I'm just going to ask all of us to begin to say names of people from this congregation that you know, just speak their name to God, just all over this room. We see where you sit. We see who you go over and hug on a Sunday morning. We see the little ones in communion lines coming up for prayer. And we see you, we see you, and we're lifting you to God in prayer. We're holding you up as the people of God, our very own church family. We're holding you up under the shadow of the Almighty, God's very own shadow over you even now. God's very own shadow over you even now. Just sense that protection from God where you are. Just breathe deep and lean hard. God's love holds you. See yourself under the shadow of the Most High. God's blessing is upon you now. God's care is upon you now. God's love overwhelming and overshadowing and rolling over in every home God's love in our neighborhoods, praying for your neighbors now. Name them to God. Go ahead, name them to God. Name your neighbors out loud to God. Yes, yes, yes. Name them right out loud. Name your leaders. Name your leaders. Name them out loud to God. speak life and health and life and health and blessing life and health and blessing for your children and your children's children for your parents and your grandparents your brothers and your sisters come on just see god's love just rolling over these homes even now just see god's presence blessing and touching people even now even in this moment god's blessing of health and wholeness and protection and grace and peace Rolling over you now, rolling over you now, rolling over you now.
2: Bye. Mm-hmm.
3: Your family and your children and their children and their children may God's favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children.
1: Go in peace, love, be connected, listen to the God who loves you.